For the first time ever, almost everyone in the country will be putting the same materials in their recycling bins. From today, the former Labour government's standardisation of recycling comes into effect. Until now, no one material's been collected by every council, but with the new legislation, paper, glass and specific types of plastic must be accepted in curbside collection. By 2030, that service will include food scraps and gardening organics. The Ministry for the Environment says the recycling changes implemented today, with the exception of a handful of councils, are expected to save 36,000 tonnes of waste from landfill every year. However, with half of Aotearoa New Zealand's plastics and paper shipped overseas and subject to volatile market conditions, the waste and recycling industry says we have a long way to go. Barney Irvine is coordinator for the Waste and Recycling Industry Forum. Hi, Barney. Good morning. Good morning also to Sean Lewis, General Manager of Waste Systems for the Ministry of the Environment. Kia ora. I'm going to push through, gentlemen, uh, because I want to just get the facts out first. Um, but Sean, why, why is standardisation necessary? What's it intended to achieve? The, pri- the primary purpose for standardisation is to make it easier for all New Zealanders to recycle. Uh, and by doing that, we increase the quality of the material that we're receiving uh, and also the quantity of the material that we're receiving. Barney, does this go to the possible upside of this, that we're, was the, is, if the quality and consistency is better, you might be able, within your industry, to increase the amount of recycling or the nature of the recycling? Is that a potential benefit? Absolutely. How so? Well, we've been really supportive of this from the right from the right from the get go, and look, we we still have a really significant um, challenge with with contamination, uh, particularly in in some parts of of the of the country. You know, in certain areas, it gets as high as fifty percent the contamination rate. Uh, You know, and it's what I'm getting at there is is you know within the recycling bins that have been collected. Uh, f- only fifty percent of of that material can actually be be uh, recycled. You know, the, in, in in the challenge there is you get, um, you know, stuff that that um, hasn't been washed out properly, isn't put in in the right way, or just shouldn't be in the first in there okay. in the first place. But it's you need critical mass within your industry, don't you, to keep building what can be recycled and put back as a product in a, in a circular way, right? We need critical mass, and we need we, and, and, and quality will okay. be a, a, a real assistance with that. Sean, let's run through this uh, because there are some changes, and particularly to plastics. Will it be the case that some plastics you used to be able to put out numbers wise, you won't be able to now? That's correct, and it depends on where you are in the country, and that's part of the part of the challenges that different parts of the country have have different rules. Uh, but from today, uh, plastic. Bottles and containers marked with the recycling symbols 1, 2 and 5 uh, are the only plastics that can go in your recycling bin. So if you're in the habit of putting out other numbers, you need to stop? That's correct. Okay. Uh, 1, 2 and 5. Let's talk about other things that are tricky. Size. Does that matter when it comes to the plastics you can put out? Yes, it does. There are a couple of things that have previously been accepted in some curbside recycling uh, collections. They are uh, plastic caps and lids. So the smaller lids are problematic uh, at the material recovery facilities, and they fall through the sorting machines, and they don't get they don't get recycled. The flat lids, so things like uh, margarine container lids, ice cream container lids, um, because they're flat, uh, they don't get p- picked up, or they get read as paper, and they end up contaminating the, so the what, paper. So should you just scrap lids now? That's right. And I always wondered about things like those squeezy cleaning bottles. You don't want those big sticky bits no. on top, just the bottle. Just so the bottle. scrap lids on plastics. I want to talk about bottles in a moment as well.
Let's go. Things like milk tetra packs have never been a go, have they? What, are, what else do people get confused about? Uh, it, it's mainly those. It, it's mainly the plastics, uh, and I think in some areas they have been collecting things like uh, aerosol cans. Um, some so n- no longer um, no longer collecting aerosol cans anywhere in the country. Um, things like the tetra packs, I think, um, are a little bit confusing. Things like coffee cups and lids. Are they in or out? They're out. They're okay. out. Uh, let's talk about pizza boxes. I'll bring you in in a moment again, Barney. Pizza boxes. This is interesting because I thought some companies had started designing it so that you could take the greasy sort of shiny layer out and recycle the rest of the box. But are they in or out? They're in. You just make sure that all the food is removed. So it doesn't man- matter if it's a little bit greasy, just any kind of leftover bits of pizza. Okay, need, so need if you wash out. the bottom of the box and get all that muck off, you can do pizza boxes. You, d- you probably don't even need to wash it. You just need to take out the food. All right. Um, I mentioned size. Is there a limit to how big something can be? I heard something, a rumour about a two-litre ice cream pottle sort of being a, a maximum, or can you go bigger? Uh, any, I think anything over three litres can't be right. can't, can't be sorted. So um, two litres is fine. Yep. And aluminium foils and trays, were they ever in? Some councils collected them, some councils but didn't. No, but but, no. but but they're not in. Okay. Uh, what are the biggest issues, Barney, with contamination? Are they resolved by this move, or are there other things you want people to know? Yeah, this will take us take us a, a, a really, you know, sort of uh, uh, will make a really positive step along that path. Um, but um, but you know, it's 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 not going to solve everything. Um, is yeah, as as I said, it's 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 part of it is is that you know people are um, are you know not quite getting it right in terms of in terms of the. How much do you have to clean it? If you've got an empty mayonnaise bottle, do you have to keep rinsing and cleaning it until all that mayonnaise is off? Look, I don't know that it needs to be one hundred percent removed, but it's got to be pretty close to it. Right, it's. Um, I mean, I can't tell tell you what the exact sort of contamination rate is um, with with a, a substance like that. But you know, anything um, the, the likes of milk uh, gets um, particularly unpleasant and manky um, when left for for some time in the bottle of, in the bottom okay. of one of these items. So be you know be disciplined about it. Other things that are definitely and have always been out, but to remind people, textiles, carpets, clothes, nappies, medical waste, garden waste, soft plastic and plastic bags. Some supermarkets will take those. That's right. Um, Bagged recycling and rubbish, lithium-ion batteries and appliances are all out, including leaving them on the side of the road, people. Okay. Bottles. Going to tell you a story about bottles. Um, I don't know whether it was someone new doing our collection... Uh, last week, but I really felt for them because just about every second box of bottles had the sticker on it saying, not collected, no lids. Um, and uh, again, I was always confused. I'm thinking of things like wine uh, lids, with lime, wine bottles with scrawn lids. Are, are they out? And, and have they always been out? Lids off is, is the number one rule now. So lids off for any containers, whether they're plastic or glass, uh, and lids cannot go in the, in the curbside recycling. That doesn't mean that the lids aren't recyclable, and there are some, some uh, businesses and community groups that will collect the lids, um, and you need to try to contact your local council just to find out what those collections aluminium, are. Aluminium cans, by the way, and that kind of stuff. Yes. Okay. They're, they're all they're they're, in, they're, they're yeah. absolutely in. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Listening to this, it's counterintuitive that if some things you used to be able to put in, say, in big centres, you now can't, that this is going to lead to a reduction in what goes to landfill. How so? So some of the items, so some of the plastics, threes, fours, sixes and sevens, there used to be markets offshore for these products. There are no longer markets, and they dried up about five years ago. Um, Some councils decided to continue collecting to make it easier for households, uh, and the sorting happened at the recovery facilities. Um, What we're trying to do is to really build trust and confidence in the recycling system for householders by making it really simple for what they can put out at curbside. Barney, does it make life easier for you, but will you, can you hand on heart say it will also reduce the amount going to landfill? Is there evidence for that? Yeah, I don't know if there's anything empirical we can talk to, but um, but really it has to, I, I, I think. Um, I mean, one of the points we make, sort of, so, so we've, with the, the recycling material that we we collect and and you know deal with at our, our recycling centers about uh, about twelve percent of that currently is re- is rejected right um, it, that goes to landfill the other eighty eight percent is is recycled most of it offshore uh, sorry most of it onshore some of it offshore um, now if we can reduce that twelve percent contamination rate that that's a really material impact on the overall recycling rate and um, and, and this just um, reducing the contamination rate just, just has to help with that. Can we talk about why we need to export and what we need to export? Exporting waste is an unfortunate way of putting things. Um, what is it that has to go overseas and what happens to it when it goes overseas, Barney? Um, well, it's I mean, a few aspects to that. Um, I mean, the, the, the big challenge we face here is that we just don't have the processing um, uh, capability or, or or capacity um, in in so many materials, and that's a question of scale more than anything else. And and so what what we are um, exporting, I mentioned before, say with plastics, uh, around fifty percent of of sort of um, of the plastics we we process about ten thousand tons a year is is exported. What stops and, that increasing significantly as a proportion being done onshore? Oh, it's it, it comes down to markets. Is there a market for it here? And, um, and, and you know, the, 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 we are sending the material. Our members are sending the material to to where where it can sort of fetch a viable price. Now, what's stopping that market developing? In a lot of cases, um, as I said before, is is um, it's, the condition it's, of what it, you're getting. Well, yeah. it's it's volume, right? Vol- and okay, and, okay. and so. And, and the issue there is we're still a very small market, and so getting enough scale in a really, uh, really diversified sort of... I mean, if you think about the, 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 all the different kinds of plastics and the different applications of those plastics, having enough scale in any one type of those... Um, is really hard in a market of five million people. So is that as, as why narrowing ours. narrowing the number of types of plastic might might help? Where you can, it certainly does help. And one example of that is um, is plastic trays at supermarkets and the requirements put in place, you know, over recent times to um, you know to narrow that down. Um, you know, particularly when it comes to, to meat trays. And from our perspective, that's worked really well. 
um, that's in- increased the volume and 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 created a really really um, you know sort of uh, clear sort of pull through so to speak of of that of that material. Are there stockpiles of our waste either here or overseas? Uh, I, I, not. Not in, in in huge numbers here. Look, from my understanding of it, look, just to, to wind that back a bit, the, the issue we have is is that the markets fluctuate an enormous amount. They're constantly changing, and we're constantly seeing, um, you know, the the the, the volumes of um, of plastic entering the market. We, we're seeing um, we're constantly seeing that change. We're seeing um, uh, fluctuations in, in in demand, and all of that affects the price. And and so you know from quarter to quarter, um, the, the the way the plastic or the materials, different materials are handled, will change. Um, my understanding is that stockpiling doesn't um, take place on a, on a uh, a great uh, or for for a huge amount of time because it costs right. You're yep. using up space. Well, it did and for so a while here when China stopped taking our waste back in 2017, but that backlog has been cleared. I take it. But my other question, and, and Barney, I'll, I'll put it to you, but I'll also put it to you, Sean. Are we paying another country to stockpile our waste, or is this, do you know right through the supply chain that this is ultimately being recycled? Well, yeah, the, I mean, the, the the issue is we aren't sending over low-quality plastic to, to these destinations, right? The, the Basel Convention, um, you know, sort of uh, pre- pre- prevents okay. us from doing that. And so what we're sending over fetches a decent price. I can't remember the, the, the tonnage price. So there's no value in stockpiling it. Okay. No, there's not. Sure, or landfilling it. You're nodding. One final point. What's happening to the volumes going to landfill? Is it going up or is it going down? Sean? Well, we're hopeful that these changes will mean that there is less recyclable, recyclable material going into landfill. So, there's the, And there's two pathways for that, or two, two ways that that can happen. One is uh, as Barney mentioned, and you asked Catherine about the contamination of curbside recycling itself, but there's also in the in the general rubbish, there is about 13% of that material which is actually recyclable. Well, so now there'll be more, won't it? Because uh, because no, stuff but, I used to be able to put out, I now can't. So I'm going to put it in my. But it's bin. not. Re- but it's not recyclable. Right. It's not recyclable. Well, it's not recyclable because you've decided to, as of today, it's not. So. No. But but those a lot of those materials so those threes four sixes and they sevens were, they were not actually getting recycled they're not being were recycled. they going to landfill they, anyway they were going to landfill so it shouldn't materially alter that you are hoping it will reduce because more will be able to be and recycled. increase the amount of useful material that can be recycled into okay. new products no lids people um, and that was my main takeaway and look at the numbers check the numbers the numbers of the plastics again that you can recycle are one two and five thank you Sean Lewis thank you Barney. Irvine.